This episode of Geared Up is brought to you by National Car Rental. Take control of your travel experience with National Car Rental's Emerald Club. Visit nationalcar.com to find out more. And you know what? I feel ridiculous with this headset on. I can't even see you, Andrew. I need to make eye contact. But we're wearing an Oculus Go. I'm wearing an Oculus Go, and you're wearing a Lenovo. Mirage. (laughs) Were you not wearing it? I was not. I was not. (laughs) Welcome to Geared Up. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. Every week, we bring you the latest in gadgets, consumer electronics, computers, video games, and we got it all this week. Yes, we do, including a giveaway. That's right. We're going to be giving you a chance to win a brand new Oculus Go. Well, brand new. We've tried it a little bit here in the GeekWire offices. It's open, but it's lightly used, and you're going to have a chance to win We're all friends. You're our friend. (laughs) Later on, coming up in a giveaway, so stick around for that on the show. We're going to be talking about a class action lawsuit against Apple over its MacBook Pro keyboards, Yes, plus some brand new HP computers that were just announced, a new Microsoft Surface Hub. That thing is amazing, but yes. Giant screen, plus a head-to-head between the Lenovo Mirage Solo and Oculus Go VR headsets. I've been especially using the Oculus Go. I love it. I want to hear what Andrew thinks so far of the Lenovo Mirage Solo, which is built on the Google Daydream platform. Mm -hmm. we got lots to talk about. It's a big one. Absolutely. All right. So a big thanks to National Car Rental for sponsoring Geared Up. Coming up later on, we will have the National Car Rental Story of the Week. Let's jump in first, Andrew, with this MacBook Pro keyboard issue. Okay, yes. This has been... We've talked about this before. Well, we've talked about the problem. Yeah, the problem. The, The news is now there's actually some kind of outlet for people who are frustrated about this because there's a proposed class action lawsuit in California filed over these keyboards. I love Mm -hmm. this when it gets into the nitty gritty of the legal actions (laughs) over the things that are causing me pain. I've suffered from this. I have too. So the the lawsuit claims that the keys stick and no longer register keyboard keystrokes when there are even minimal amounts of dust or debris accumulated under or around a key. I mean, this clearly has been a problem. And it seems like it's a function of Apple trying to make these notebooks and keyboards as thin as possible. Isn't that what's going on here? That's exactly what's going on. I mean, Apple has always been about, we need to, I don't know why, but we need to make our products as thin as possible. Like when Steve Jobs was alive, when he was on stage, that was one of his favorite words. It is so thin. It's thinner than a pencil. It can fit in an envelope. It's like all, it's all about the thinness. Um, and the, these, this new keyboard, the butterfly keys were to make the MacBook Pro thinner, but still have enough room for the battery. And that's why the, the Apple logo no longer glows on back because this oh, top is also thinner. Interesting. Yeah. There's no, there's no room for right. a backlight. So I didn't realize that. It's all in the interest of thin. Well, it's not just thinness, but also lightness and, and portability. So portability, I can appreciate making it way less. Um, this is the first time I can remember where a class action lawsuit has been brought against a company where I heard the news and was like, good. <laughs> like, usually I feel like, oh, they're just trying to make a big deal out of it. It's not even, but right. this one is like, there's no way that Apple doesn't know at this point that they're selling a bad keyboard knowingly to consumers. The keyboard is bad. Bad as in it doesn't, it doesn't last or is not as durable as it should be. When it works, it's fine. Like I actually like 
the travel, the less travel. I like the size of the keys. I like how the main thing about these keys are no matter where you press it, whether you're pressing in the center or the side or the corner, it goes down evenly, which is not something that you see on a typical key. But as good as that is, I would rather have a keyboard that just works if a little bit of dust flies into the room. For me, it's been striking switching back and forth between, for example, the Lenovo ThinkPad that I've been using and the old MacBook Pro that I've yeah. been using, which was, I think, a 2016 model. Okay. So very much in the butterfly era for the keyboard. I actually, when I switch back to the MacBook Pro, struggle with it for a while. Mm. You mentioned the travel, which refers to the distance that the key goes up and down, yes. essentially. I feel like it's actually more satisfying to have a bit more travel than the MacBook Pro keyboards currently have. So I, I don't know. To me, it's not worth it. The thinness is not worth the keyboard. I, I feel like it, it. I'd like a little bit more raised keys, essentially, mm-hmm. in terms of my typing. But, right. but you were used to it, though. I was like used to it. Before you switched, you were fine with it, aside from the problem. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's more like, you know, you just sort of realize that something's different when you try something yes. else. Now, I will say I did suffer from this exact same sticky key problem. The L key one day just stopped working, mm-hmm. and I tried googling and switching the keys out and i eventually accidentally broke the l key Jeez. so at any rate lots going on with the the mac keyboard there it'll be interesting to see where this lawsuit turns out it's just a proposed class action for now it's not an okay. actual class action suit so it has to go through the courts for but even a though it's filed in california if it goes through this is the kind of thing where anybody who's purchased one will be able to join in or is it just for people who live in california well this would be it's a federal class action lawsuit so right. um it, it would be something that would be essentially available to anybody We're getting up the United in there. States. We're exactly. getting up in there, Apple. I had a an original MacBook and I had a MacBook Pro. Both suffer from that problem. Mm-hmm. And um, the first time I brought it in, Apple said, instead of fixing it, we just want to give you a brand new computer because, you know, headquarters or whatever wants us to send this in so they can check it out. So it sounds like they want to fix this. However... That was two years ago. Mm. So <laughs> that was yes. two years ago when you took my old computer, gave me a brand new one so you can have headquarters take a look at it. Why are you not fixing it? Oh, and by the way, I believe the, this is the Butterfly Keyboard 2. This is the, this is so the sequel that's redesigned. to the original. And it's still bad. Okay. Well, in that case, you know, I think it's something that, that Apple needs to address. I mean, yeah, it's it's clearly something that a lot of people people suffer from. Hurry up. OK, in the realm of computing, Microsoft just today announced the brand new Surface Hub 2. Yes, this is really interesting. Did you ever try one of the original Surface Hub? Computers? I did not try it myself. I saw it demoed on stages, but I never tried one myself have you oh absolutely I mean, yeah. these things are like fifty thousand dollars or something y- yeah so the the original ones were were super expensive the new ones are going to be a lot less expensive it, they minute. weren't they weren't quite fifty thousand dollars i think they were more in the realm of twenty thousand okay well, it's still, it's a, little, a little crazy for people who aren't familiar with the surface hub it's essentially a big computer tablet it's like a big tablet on your wall that a you tv can... size tablet is what it is a tv size multi-touch display exactly and so what you can do is Which runs windows right right windows. exactly video conferencing um, you can do all sorts of annotations and conference room activities it's really meant to be a digital whiteboard or uh, digital collaboration screen that you would use as part of a meeting not only in-person meetings but you can have people remote who are essentially able to access the screen through Skype and other things like that. So Microsoft announced the new Surface Hub 2 today. It's going to be tested this year and then eventually roll out to businesses 
next year. And they're saying it's probably going to be in the realm of about $5,000. But the really interesting thing here is that you can now tile them. Yeah, this is impressive. So you can essentially create one giant screen out of up to four multiple screens. So the idea being that you could have one program running on one of the screens or another, or you could create essentially one giant display out of all four, which I think a lot of people will do. It's also got a very interesting hinge on the back when you mount it to the wall that allows you to reorient it. So you can go from portrait to landscape okay. mode, and then it automatically basically creates the new view much as it would with a tablet. Right, right. Now, are we going to be upgrading <laughs> here? We should. In the Geared Up Studio. We should get a review unit yes. and, and, and check it out here. How we, amazing would that be? We've got a display behind us. I think that would be really cool. We could essentially uh, run the show from back here exactly, on the Service exactly. Hub 2 behind us. Come on, Microsoft. Now, is this only something businesses can buy or can anybody buy this? this like, do you is, have to have a specific license or something to even get an invitation? It, this is very much something that's sold through commercial office channels. In other words... You have a technology consultant that goes out, gets it from Microsoft, and brings it into your office. That traditionally is the way it goes. Okay. With this new model, especially because it's cheaper, I think there's a chance that you might end up seeing it be something that you could buy online and install yourself. And certainly that's at least one option now. But the main idea is you've got some sort of reseller who's outfitting your conference room, and they have a deal with Microsoft got it. Yeah. to bring in and service the original Surface Hub. But with this, with the Surface Hub 2, I think there's a potential that we could see that, that change. So it's a 4K display, 50.5-inch multi-touch display. Uh, it comes with Microsoft Teams, whiteboard, Office 365, Windows 10, 4K cameras that then rotate mm. with the device. Uh, very interesting specs here. Now, Microsoft competes in this realm with Google and others who have their own displays. And so this is something where it's it's competitive, but it is an area where Microsoft is really putting its claim because businesses, commercial office settings are where Windows traditionally has been absolutely yeah. strong. Right. So, yeah, so that's the new Surface Hub 2. As I said, it's going to be coming out later this year in terms of testing and then next year in terms of actual rollout to the field. Yeah, that's an interesting way to announce something. Like, here it is, but we're not even testing it yet. We'll start testing it later this year, and then you can buy it after that. It is it's an odd it- odd thing to do. It's a little bit more of the way that some companies do things with commercial rollouts. I think this is very much not a consumer product right. in that way. Uh, the other inter- interesting thing is they're teaming up with Steelcase to create rolling stands. So you're essentially going to be able to roll this around the office. Yeah. Lots of interesting applications here. It More than that, just looks really cool. It looks great. Which you could not say really about the original Surface right, Hub. Right. It just like it looked like a big display. Yeah. A lot of times you'd walk into a conference room and you'd, at Microsoft, for example, and you'd go, wait a second, is that a Surface Hub? Oh, yeah, it is. It is. And Right. <laughs> a lot of stuff that Microsoft does has gotten a lot more, a lot cooler looking since uh, Bomber's been out of there. That, that's <laughs> just saying. <laughs> so the other interesting thing is you can do multi-user sign-in to these things. So multiple people can authenticate to essentially the same setup of the Surface Hub oh, 2. Wow. So you can basically share documents and, and that sort of thing. A lot of interesting stuff going on here. I will say there have been a few Microsoft offices I've worked in where the executives use nothing but the Surface Hub, the original hub. They've got it up on their wall. And sure, they might have a laptop that they take with them. But for the most part, their that's their workspace. In office that- computer is basically a keyboard and a mouse on the conference table oh and God. this giant 
computer on the wall. There've been a couple where I've walked in and gone like, "Where's your where's your PC?" And they're like, "Right there." Wow. Yeah, so that, wow, I think I don't course. know if it's a status symbol or I what think it is. over there. I think it is. <laughs> okay, well hey, we have got a lot to talk about on this week's episode of Geared Up coming up. A new line of laptops and desktops in the premium realm, including a giant curved display that I really want to check out. That's coming up next on Geared Up. A big shout out to National Car Rental for sponsoring this week's episode of Geared Up. Hey, Road Warriors. The latest tech puts me in the driver's seat every time I travel. Control your travel experience with National Car Rental's Emerald Club. You can bypass the counter and choose any car on the aisle, so you have more time to listen to Geared Up to find out what's going on in the world of consumer electronics and gadgets. Go national. Go like a pro. Check them out at nationalcar.com. Subject to availability and other restrictions requires enrollment in the complimentary Emerald Club. Welcome back to Geared Up. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. It is time for the National Car Rental Story of the Week. Yes, Geared Up is brought to you by National Car Rental. Go national, go like a pro. You can find Andrew's show, Technically Speaking, on the nationalcar.com control center or youtube.com slash nationalcarrent. That's right. Technically Speaking is a show where I show you the best and greatest tech for travel, whether it's business travel, personal travel. If you're on the go and you want to bring tech with you, I tell you what's best. Absolutely. All right. So you can, again, check that out at youtube.com slash national car rent. Yes. The latest tech puts you in the driver's seat of your travel experience. National Car Rentals Emerald Club will keep you there. All right. So speaking of travel, there is a new line of computers, a refreshed line of computers from Mm -hmm. HP that came out this past week. Yes. And aren't they calling this their premium line? Is that is that what I saw? Like this is their top of the line from both laptop and desktop That's all right. at once. That's right. So they've got the elite line and then the envy elite. line. The elite. So I said premium. Elite sounds better than premium. <laughs> so this is the elite. Not only is it elite, but then there's another line that you will envy because it's the <laughs> HP Envy line. Yes. And wow. so they refreshed both of those this okay. week with lots of interesting options. A couple that stood out to me were, uh, first off, a curved monitor, all-in-one display. It's the HP Envy curved all-in-one, 34 inches. Yes. 34 inches. I mean- if do you have a do you have a external display at, at home? Of course you do. Yeah, so well, I have a I have an iMac Pro. Yes, uh, which is twenty seven inches five K, and then to the side I have a thirty inch four K display as well. But those are sixteen by nine, and what HP is doing here is actually a super wide or an ultra wide. That's right, and so it curves. They've got this in both a twenty seven and a thirty four inch model. Uh, this is really interesting for a couple different reasons. First. They say it's going to be the first all-in-one desktop with Amazon's Alexa built in. Oh. So this plays into that trend. That's what that glowing blue is down there. I see Exactly. Yes. Amazon essentially getting a foothold on PCs, which is really interesting because just last week, Microsoft and Amazon showed Alexa and Cortana integration for the first time. Basically allowing the two virtual assistants to talk to each other. Have we been waiting for that for like almost a year? Forever, now? yes. It was announced quite a long time ago. I saw the demo on stage at Microsoft's Build conference, and I got to so tell you, it was Build you, last year then, because the, Build just happened again. Well, or, no, or you saw the new the, demo. The new, I saw okay. the new demo. So they announced plans to do it, but then they showed it publicly for the first okay. time just recently, and I saw it, and I got to say, I was totally underwhelmed. Really? Yes. Wow. <laughs> so what <laughs> is like, what what are they? What is the value proposition they're saying about this? The whole idea. Is 
it's a little bit difficult to grasp, but the whole idea is that Cortana is going to be the virtual assistant, the voice assistant for your work, your productivity. If you're using Windows, Cortana has a, a feel for your calendar and using Outlook and all that sort of thing. But then Amazon's positioning Alexa as the voice assistant for the home and obviously your personal life. So basically you say to Alexa, hey, get me Cortana. And then you say, hey, Cortana, no. do this and and then and vice versa. And it's like, really, is this really the future? You ask one to go get you the other? Essentially, no. yeah, you invoke one from don't the you other. Dare, yeah. no, don't you so dare tell me that. That's the way it works. But in the meantime, <laughs> yeah, like, I know, hey, I know. Hey, Siri, ask Google. I ranted. Like, what? I ranted on this on GeekWire. <laughs> we, will, we should link to the, to the piece Please from do. the show notes. But yeah, they've got some work to do, obviously, there. That said, I do like the idea of integration. I mean, we're using of so course. many of these different things in our lives. Just the actual implementation that they had, not a big fan. That said, in the meantime, Amazon, with integrations onto PCs, is starting to get Alexa out yeah. directly on Windows 10. And here you have a good example of it right. in this new HP Envy curved all-in-one 34. Yes. Now, they to are, be clear, an all-in-one yeah. means that's going to be sitting on your desktop. This is not on the go. This sits on your desktop. Kind of like if you know what an iMac is. It's the same thing. It's You have the display and the actual guts of the computer all in one piece of hardware. That's right. That's right. So, and then they did announce for on the go a variety of new Envy and Elite notebooks. And so, uh, this looks really interesting. Uh, one that stood out to me was the HP Envy 13 laptop. Okay. Which seems like it's more in the realm of a MacBook Pro, just to, to orient you. Andrew. Right. And so, for 14 hours of battery life, uh, Intel quad core processors, eighth generation. Starting price of about $1,000. So you okay. can see where it's in that realm of something you would take with you. Yes. And to me, though, ultimately, all of this comes down to how well the trackpads perform. And that is something that PC makers have traditionally struggled with. And it'll be interesting to see. We're getting a couple of review units of these to see how well the trackpads do. Because what when you're the on problem? the go, when you're on the go, that is really what you want. Yeah, yeah. Now, why is it so hard to get a trackpad that works well. Like we look at Apple's trackpads, I think anyone who's used Apple's trackpads will say that's the best trackpad in the business. What is so difficult? Like it's it's simple. It's a piece of glass that feels good and that when you press it down, presses down. Like that's all you want. You want it to recognize your finger yes, and press. It's not just the hardware. It's the integration of the hardware and the software. I feel like we've talked about this before. Have I think it was just last week. Yes. Last week. We don't need to go over it but again. But I'm just saying. I, to me, it's the litmus test for the the quality of a computer, whether it integrates well between the trackpad and the on-screen display. Uh, to me, that if, if that does well, you know that the rest of the experience is yeah. probably going to be good. Right. Got this guy carrying a mouse around everywhere he goes. <laughs> That's true. I got to say, the ThinkPad, the X1, the, the it's it's getting better. It's, it's getting better? Yeah. It's, it's getting better? Uh, yeah. I, so you're still you're still on Team Windows 10 for I, now. For now, yeah. For now. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So those are the new lines of HP computers. We've got a lot of new computers being announced. That's right. There is one more coming that was not here. Maybe it's because it's not one of their premium ones. The HP Envy X2 is also about to drop in a couple of weeks, and we talked about this before. This is part of the always connected PC, the AC PC, which I've started seeing Microsoft using. Always on, pretty much like your smartphone or a tablet. You press the power button, it turns on immediately. All your notifications are there because it's always connected through 4G LTE. I'm looking forward to that 24-hour battery life on a full Windows PC. Now, 
This is more in the line of the Surface Pro, though, because you look at correct. this and it's got a keyboard that's not actually integrated yes, like a laptop. That's correct. So you've got a little bit of a that's compromise your trade-off. there. Yes. And it also, if I'm not mistaken, only runs either 64-bit or 32-bit applications, one but not the other. So there's yep. lots coming from HP in the PC realm. That's right. And that has all-day battery life up to 22 hours. So right. that's pretty And that's it's a legit 22 hours. So you can fly from here to Japan use your computer the whole time, fly back before needing to recharge. All right, so that is the latest in laptops, notebooks, and tablets. Coming up next, we are going to be diving deep into the world of virtual reality untethered That's right. with the Oculus Go and the Lenovo Mirage Solo. Yes. And your chance to win an Oculus Go, so stick around. You're listening to Geared Up. All right, welcome back to Geared Up. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. It is time for our giveaway. Yes, right here. Bam. Oculus Go, 32 gigabyte model, standalone VR. You do not need a phone. You do not need a powerful gaming PC. Everything you need is in this box. And we're giving one away to you guys out there. That's right. You can enter for a chance to win this very Oculus Go that we've got in front of us, 32 gigabytes, by going to geekwire.com slash geared up, looking for this episode of the show. There'll probably be a goofy picture of Andrew and me <laughs> wearing the Lenovo and Oculus headsets in the thumbnail. You just need to subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app to be eligible. Take a screenshot and then enter it there in the show notes on this episode. There are also other ways to enter that screenshot. Yeah, I'll have a link. If you're watching this on YouTube, I'll have a link down in the description below. Just check that link. Click on it. It'll walk you through entering and the, we'll have some bonus methods of entry as well. Like by sharing with social. Sharing on social, checking out the GeekWire YouTube, Instagram. Whatever your favorite thing is, we'll have it there. Okay, awesome. So that is your chance to win the Oculus Go. We'll pick one person at random from the people who submit their subscriptions. And if you're already subscribed, you can also submit it as well. Correct, yes. Absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about these new talk about headsets. It. You've got basically two different new forms of virtual reality here. Yes. You've got the Oculus Go, which sells for $199 or $250, $249 depending on the size, 32 yeah. gigabytes or 64. You've also got the new Lenovo Mirage Solo, which runs on the Google Daydream platform. Mm -hmm. This costs $399, so right. quite a bit more. I have been using- Twice as much. Twice as much. I've been using the Oculus Go almost every day in my house. What have you been doing on it? So a few different things. So first off, sports in VR, watching NBA basketball, uh, and okay, let me uh, stop soccer. There. I yes. want to confirm. Yes. Are there apps now yes. that allow you to watch a live basketball game in 360 VR? The, I believe there are, yes. And there are special events that allow you to do that. What I have been doing, though, instead is watching highlights, which frankly is a much cooler experience. Yes, right. So you can essentially see all the greatest plays. But is it in 360 VR or uh, is it in like a movie screen? It's, it's in a, it's basically in 180. Uh, okay. But, yeah. So you but, can still turn your head and see. Exactly. But directly behind you, it's more of a, a sort black. of a black. Not, well, they've got sort of a, a, a cartoon or like okay. a, a, basically a digital scene behind you. Right. That's not the thing, but you can essentially sit on top of the basket and watch LeBron dunk or watch this amazing play that Steph yeah. Curry pulls off with one of his teammates. To me, it's just one of those eye-opening experiences but that's just that's just one of the things of course um i i love the 
roller coaster games. In other words, not just the roller coaster videos, but there's a game on the Oculus Go games. Okay. that allows you to essentially use the controller, which I'm a big fan of. The controller is is very slick in terms of its precision, mm-hmm. uh, and you can use the controller to shoot things as you're going on the roller coaster. So lots of interesting things on that. Um, frankly, my daughter loves to watch Netflix. Right. In the Oculus Go, just being able to sit on the virtual couch and be totally immersed in the experience is really cool. Another one, hidden object games in VR 360. You know, hidden ob- object games are very popular casual games, things that people play. What does that mean, hidden so object? you're basically looking at a very complex scene. Usually it's like a study or a den and you're okay. in the middle of it. Usually, though, you're looking at it on your computer screen. And you essentially have to find these kind of complex objects. It's like a um, a fun puzzle game, okay. basically. Yeah, it's like I Spy. It's like Mist. It, well, I don't not quite Mist, but it's it's like a an, an adventure game, and you're finding little objects that are purposefully integrated and blend into the background. Got it. Got and it. so okay. to do that in VR in 360 is really cool because yeah. you're looking around and you're in you're actually in the room, not right, just looking right. at the scene of it. I could go on and on. There are all sorts of really cool things. Oculus Rooms. We tried this out at the office. We have two of the headsets. Okay. And the ability to interact in a virtual world in real time with an avatar of somebody yeah. else. But we were able to show each other our favorite Facebook photos. We were able to share music, play games against each other. I could actually see this being a way that people who are in remote relationships or just wanting to connect with friends they haven't been around for a while. When you see that, you start to realize, oh, this is why Facebook owns Oculus. Yeah. This is essentially the next generation social experience. It's Facebook brought to life in a virtual world in Mm -hmm. many ways and in a lot cooler way. Now, I've got so much to say about the Oculus. The downside is by default, you are, when you log in, you use your Facebook account to log in. Right. And by default, you are sharing everything with everybody who follows you. Essentially, the default privacy settings are to share your Oculus Go activity on Facebook. You have to go in and actively opt out of the sharing. So that would be my first piece of advice to anybody who gets an what Oculus is it? Go. So if you you buy an Oculus Go and you, and you say, I'm going to play this roller coaster shooting game, you play that game and it posts on Facebook that you're... You know, it's funny. You should say that. All I know is that they warn you when you log in, hey, you're going to be sharing things by default. I have not gone to Facebook and looked for the Oculus Go activity, okay. and I haven't seen any. But I do know that they warn you that, and I actively went in and unchecked it. And it was a little disturbing. It's like, why? I, I understand yeah, why yeah, Facebook yeah. is doing that as a business model, but wouldn't it be much more user-friendly to say, hey, you should share this on Facebook, Here and here's toggles. why. Do you want to enable or disable as part of setup? Exactly. Exactly. So that's on Facebook. <laughs> so so that's the Oculus Go. Here's the thing though. I've I've tried to get my family to use virtual reality over the years. Not not that I'm like a big advocate of it, but I've just said, Hey, I've got this cool headset. So what headset did you like try to get them to use? Typically we would use like a Samsung Gear VR. Okay. So you put a phone, phone in it yeah. and you do it. Or um even some Google cardboard headsets with an iPhone, for example. Yeah. So you're not really playing games and the ability to just have a standalone VR headset. All I've got to do is make sure this thing is charged. That's it. And it works. The power of that simplicity does so much in terms of 
making sure that people actually use it, that it doesn't sit in the corner and collect yeah. dust. It's powerful. And I think both of these devices that we're talking about today are great examples of it. So why the heck is the Lenovo so much more expensive? Well, first of all, I also have I have both of these. I yeah. have a Oculus Go. I have the Lenovo model as well. Oculus Go launched first. About a week later, Lenovo comes out. Um, I thought the Oculus was fun too. And it, same thing, it immediately is like, the the balance is do you want like the best most mind-blowing graphics or do you want convenience because if you want the best most mind-blowing graphics it's very inconvenient you have to be tethered to a very powerful very expensive computer and usually that's not in the living room right so it's like you have to be off in like a different corner of your house or if you want the convenience, you have this, which doesn't have the best graphics but the Oculus Go yeah the Oculus that is Go. one issue it's not it's not Great. It's not great. It's okay. But it's more convenient. It's like it's like you said, as long as it's charged, you can jump into VR. Like and to me, that's that's great. So, so yeah, so a week later, the, yeah, Mirage. the Noble launched the Mirage and they launched it at Amazon Treasure Trucks around the nation. Um, so treasure trucks were doing, um, VR demos. Um, and actually Lenovo invited me to come down and check out. Um, the Mirage and check out the scene and I did a couple Instagram stories and everything so here's the difference as you can see right away if you're watching on video if you look at the front of these devices the Oculus Go is just a piece of plastic on the front on the front and the Lenovo has two cameras right on front of it which make it look like you're some kind of alien being right because it looks like it kind of looks like eyes but there's two cameras there and there's a good reason for that in Oculus, if you're wearing it and you're looking around, you can look left, right, up, down, behind you, 360, but you're in a fixed position. You yourself are in a fixed position, right? With Lenovo's, because it has these cameras, not only can I look around in 360, but I can actually walk towards something in VR. I can look around a corner. I can peer over a ledge. So this knows where you are in relation to everything that's around you, which makes it much more of a virtual reality experience because you can walk around in a scene. You can walk over to a bookshelf and, you know, grab something. So that's what those cameras are for. And that's why it's more expensive because it has that technology built in there. So it allows different types of experiences that the Oculus would not allow for. The Oculus Rift would allow for it because it has cameras, you know, but again, that's hooked up to a computer. Now, how is the fit on this, on the Lenovo Mirage? So I actually think the fit is better because you have a, it's a, it's like a higher quality thing. Like here, yeah. the, the Oculus is just a bunch of Velcro and straps, while this one, the Lenovo is more of a, it's like a nice plastic well, with, for with people, some... for people who have followed this, like it, the, the PlayStation VR, the, the headset yes. on the yes. Lenovo is much more like the PlayStation yes. VR. There you go. That's a good, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. It, because it's got, it's basically got a halo around your head, whereas yep. the Oculus Go just has these sort of fabric straps. You got the halo, but also has like a hardware knob that you turn to fit it just right. So that's nice. Now, the other cool thing that Lenovo did is they launched alongside the Mirage, they launched the Mirage camera which I have here. Oh, nice. And this camera, I'm actually opening it up for the first time, has two cameras on the front, similar in, in style to the front of the Mirage itself. And this is what they're calling their YouTube camera. So you can set this camera up and start live streaming to YouTube, or you can record if you don't want to live stream, but you're recording a VR video. 
So anyone who's watching, if you're watching in 2D, you can kind of drag your mouse around to change the scene. But if you're wearing VR, you can watch in VR, like you were saying with the sports clips. Yeah. You can do that live with this camera. So it must be 180, though, because the cameras are both facing Correct. forward. 180. See, that is the cool thing. It's not just consumption, but it's actual creation. Yes. And that's when new media take on entirely new lives. In other words, right. when somebody not only can view but can create that's when it takes off. Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing is, usually with a camera, like, you know, if, I, if I'm if i using my smartphone and I'm doing, whether it's Snapchat or Instagram or even just making a video, I'll usually like, hey, here's this and oh, check this out. And yeah. we're going over you're, here. You're sort of waving it around. Yeah, like showing people around. And they were saying, you can't do that with this because if someone's in VR and they're looking around, but you're also moving their world around, they're going to get very nauseous very quickly. So this is something where they even put on the bottom. Um, you just put that on a tripod and leave it alone and let them kind of, you know, check out the scene. But still very cool. So that you can see how the Lenovo system and ecosystem, if you will, offers a little bit more than what Oculus Go does. And that's why you see the price difference. Have you gotten a sense for the current state of Daydream content versus Oculus and their market? Well, Daydream will support like Steam games, which Steam has a ton of games on there. But obviously, Oculus is bigger. But I don't. I think it's kind of like iOS and Android, where the best apps are on both. Okay, so just a reminder: you don't just have to watch or listen to us discuss these headsets. You can actually enter to win an Oculus Go. Just go to GeekWire.com/slash/geared-up, and you find the show for. And find the show notes for this episode, and you can enter to win if you subscribe to the podcast. Also, check out Andrew's YouTube channel at youtube.com slash gear live. Yes, and if you're watching this episode right now on YouTube, just scroll down to the description, and the link to enter will be right there. All right, so a big thanks for listening to Geared Up. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Andrew's YouTube channel to see our live behind-the-scenes videos. You can do that at youtube.com slash gear live. And of course, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app. Mine happens to be Overcast right now. It's fantastic. But you can search Geared Up. That's two words, not one, in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If you like what we do, consider leaving us a rating or a review. It really helps other people find the show. And share it with your friends. That's right. Why not? That's right. Geared Up is a GeekWire podcast. You can hear more from us at geekwire.com. And Claire McGrain produces the show. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Until next time, I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. Talk to you next time on Geared Up.